Alrighty, good morning. My name is Jeremy Kitchen. I'm the executive director at Texans for Fiscal Responsibility. We're joined this morning by Tim Hardin, president and CEO. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Wanted to uh, let's let's go ahead and I guess first start off by saying, of course, this is today, Monday, uh, represents day 91 of the 140 day legislative session. We're, of course, coming off the heels of the quote unquote air quotes here budget debate that took place last week um, on the Texas House floor. Um, some of the things we see moving this week uh, happen to be priorities, specifically in the House, priorities of House Speaker Dade Phelan. Uh, let's first, I guess, start off by talking about House Bill 5, which is uh, House Speaker Dade Phelan's priority bill uh, that seeks to revive the largest corporate welfare program in the state of Texas. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts, I guess, generally? And uh, of course, uh, I guess today, as, it, as it's heard in the House Ways and Means Committee um, on its prospects going forward. Well, you know, usually they do not make uh, something a priority unless it gets to the floor eventually. Uh, so my guess is we're going to have a a long day of testimony. Um, I would assume there will be quite a few organizations, uh, conservative organizations, and uh, you know, taxpayers and voters who will oppose this. Uh, we've we've talked ad nauseum about how both parties are against corporate welfare and their platforms. Yet here we are uh, having the House ran this forward and move it forward despite the opposition for the vast majority of people in Texas. Uh, so I will imagine, uh, since this is a priority and we have uh, ways and means who uh, I believe uh, ignored kind of the last uh, round of, of testimony, uh, we will probably see this pass relatively shortly uh, and be to the House floor where I think the debate will be much more interesting. It is up to 55 authors total, which means, you know, of course, the primary author and then 54 other House lawmakers have signed up in support. That's comprised of both Republicans and Democrats. Of course, we've talked about this several times, but that's see seemingly in spite of both the Republican and Democrat uh, state party platforms being opposed to corporate welfare, um, specifically in the Republican platform, there's opposition that exp expressly says a revival of the Chapter 313 tax abatement program. As a reminder, the Chapter 313 tax abatement program, which expired December 31st of last year, was not only the largest uh, corporate welfare uh, program in the state of Texas, I think upwards of $11 billion had been spent uh, providing these tax abatements uh, to to uh, large multinational corporations who, you know, for all intents and purposes, didn't necessarily need uh, that sort of thing. But what's interesting, I guess, about this is that, you know, it is likely there's going to be a committee substitute that's uh, that's given in the House Ways and Means Committee. Um, and of course, the public has not seen that as of yet. So this will be uh, an update uh, to, to the public uh, um, in the hearing today. Is there any uh, anything else you want to add, Tim, to uh, kind of what what we foresee coming down the pike? Yeah, I, I would say the only thing, and we've mentioned this before, is, you know, I imagine the big, the, the big debate will not be on whether or not, you know, uh, we have corporate welfare in texas or not but it would likely be with this green energy business right and so i think that's going to be a big deal we're going to be paying attention to uh if if they throw them back in or what they do with the, the green energy uh subsidies uh in in the uh the bill itself in the committee of course we'll report uh, as soon as we see this committee substitute 
Okay, let's move on. There's two other um, named uh, priorities of House Speaker Dave Phelan that are also getting hearing in the, hearing this week uh, in the House. You've got House Bill 20, uh, which is uh, um, authored by State Representative Matt Schaefer, and now that establishes what's called a Border Protection Unit. Uh, the bill itself, House Bill 20, is the Border Protection Unit Act. It's going through the House State Affairs Committee on Wednesday. Um, you've also got House Bill 800, uh, another priority of Dade Feelings, which is a mandatory minimum of 10 years for the practice of human smuggling. Um, both of these are, of course, border security related and, uh, you know, tangentially related to the emergency priority um, of Governor Abbott's. Um, just any 30,000 foot kind of abstract thoughts on these um, as they're moving through the process? Yeah, I don't think these are bad pieces of legislation. I think they're good. I think, you know, border security is is absolutely one of the priorities of uh, most conservatives uh, across Texas. There's all kinds of problems and symptoms, you know, the fentanyl crisis and human smuggling and uh, all kinds of things that are, are going on. I will say, you know, from from the grassroots perspective, from uh, the perspective of, you know, the thousands of people we talk to when traveling across the state, uh, I would argue that the uh, what the grassroots wants is, is Abbott to declare an invasion, right? And so he uh, has yet to do that. And so this seems to be kind of like that second tier. Okay, well, if he's not going to do that, here's what we're going to get. Uh, and so uh, this is a, a step in the right direction, but I would not say it goes far enough for, for most grassroots Texans. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, how these things take shape as they move through the process. We we haven't really had anything on the Senate side that's border security, specifically border security related, really move through much of the process, despite, of course, the majority of, of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's priorities having already passed um, the Senate. Now, of course, they'll be taking up um, some of that stuff this week um, as well. Let's pivot, of course, House Bill 2, which is something we've talked about several times. This is the House's approach to quote-unquote property tax relief. Um, just as an update to everyone, this uh, um, passed uh, the House Ways and Means Committee, I guess, two or three weeks ago now, and it is still in the House Calendars Committee. So, um, Tim, certainly chime in here, but I guess the expectation would be that the House Calendars Committee itself would probably schedule this for a, a calendar, if not the later half of this week, probably next week your thoughts yeah I, I don't see them waiting too much longer on this like i said this is a very high priority i would argue it's probably the number one issue uh in texas cisco round and the fact that you know the senate has a completely different uh package uh with less compression but uh you know a homestead exemption increase uh, compared to you know the appraisal caps and and twice as much in compression in the house i would imagine they're going to want to get this to the floor debate it and kick it over to the senate so they can uh kind of figure out exactly which way we're going to go as far as property tax relief is concerned of course, you mentioned this, but just to be clear, of course, the House Bill 2 specifically deals with uh, appraisal caps lowering from the current 10 percent uh, to that of, of applying to homesteads, lowering it to 5 percent and applying it to all property. And of course, as you briefly mentioned there, it provides nearly double the amount of property tax relief via compression or M&O compression that the Senate. It should be uh, you know, mentioned, however, that the Senate passed its property tax relief package comprised of three bills, I guess, two or three weeks ago as well. Senate Bill 3, Senate Bill 4 and Senate Bill 5. Um, it is unclear whether the House will actually act on any of those or if they're going to consider House Bill 2, pass it out. And then we get somewhere towards the end of the legislative session. And it's basically a game of chicken on who uh, who flinches first um, and, and what, I guess, property tax proposal uh, makes it through the process. Before I move on, do you have any any other thoughts on that, Tim? Yeah, wait and see. 
So the last thing we have today, of course, to talk about, so Senate Bill 175, which is a priority of ours, this is the ban on taxpayer-funded lobbying. Uh, Senate Bill 175 authored by State Senator Mays Middleton, a taxpayer champion of ours, according to our Fiscal Responsibility Index, of course. Uh, this is the third or fourth time that uh, um, and Middleton has authored uh, such a bill. This passed the Senate last week. And so, as we've talked about previously, the question is, will the House act on it, whether it be the House version of the bill or Senate Bill 175? Uh, will we actually see a ban this go around, given the kind of uphill battle and the calculus that is the House State Affairs Committee, which this uh, bill would presumably be referred to? Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Tim? Um, I am... Uh... I want to say I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm, I'm probably cautiously pessimistic, to be, to be honest with you. Um, it, it I think one of the big things is that it just hasn't been on the radar of a lot of people because of everything else that they're dealing with this session for property tax relief to the, you know, gender modification stuff, to the CRT in schools, to school choice, to border security, to election integrity. I mean, it just has kind of fallen by the wayside. Now, I do think there's a group of folks in the House uh, specifically, you know, Trox Claire and, and possibly the Freedom Caucus that would like to see this pass. We did have uh, Burroughs, of course, uh, who's the calendar's chair, openly come out in support of it uh, during one of his hearings. Uh, will Is that lip service? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we will find out. But, you know, as you know, Jeremy, you know, the, the, the deadlines are creeping up. Uh, and we will see they have a few weeks at least to kind of move this. So it's still certainly alive uh, coming up from the Senate. Those deadlines are are, are further back than the House. Um, but we will see if they make it a priority and push this forward. You know, it, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to be optimistic when we're pushing corporate welfare uh, in the same session as we're trying to ban taxpayer funded lobbying. They seem completely opposed to one another. So you make an important point. I think this is a, a good point or set of points to kind of end the um, and the, the the podcast on today is that, you know, we are coming up on deadlines, right, specifically in the House, you know, and so there's some important things that come with that. I think the first deadline that's worthwhile for folks to know about is day 119 of the 140 day session, which comes out on Monday, May 8th is the last day for House committees uh, to report or pass House bills or House joint resolutions. Right. And of course, the reason that's important is, that, you know, we're talking on today. April 10th, we are now less than a month out from that, right? Um, that, and that's day 119. And then you start to have kind of daily after that point, um, kind of subsequent, you know, um, uh, deadlines, if you will, uh, to preclude any consideration of House bills. And, and like you said, that then they would pivot uh, to, to Senate bills shortly thereafter. And so, you know, obviously, yeah, if you tell someone, oh, we're on day 91 of 140, the, the inclination is, oh, we have we have a lot of time, right? But the reality is we have less than a month before the first self-imposed deadline um, in the House of Representatives really starts to take effect. So do you have any additional thoughts on that, Tim? No, we're rocking and rolling now, man. Should be busy from here on out. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone joining us this morning. Just as a reminder, of course, the best way to stay up to date with stuff that's happening specifically in the legislative session is to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, you know, uh, at taxpayer underscore, um, I'm sorry, at uh, Texas underscore uh, taxpayers. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, certainly subscribe for vote notices so you stay up to date with bills that are moving through the process that affect your wallet. You can find that at texastaxpayers.com slash subscribe. And then, of course, our weekly email that goes out on Fridays called The Fiscal Note. 
Appreciate everyone joining us this morning. We will see you next week on Monday.